Welcome back. Final hour, Louis Bellina show. Almost got choked to death by my headphones. That cord got stuck, and then I turned my head too fast, and no one cares about that. Joining me inside the Charles Schwab studio, like he do, most Tuesdays, 1 o'clock, Olin Buchanan, you hear him on TechSags Radio, reademtechsags.com, and sign signatures for money at the TechSags you know, events that they have. What's up, OB? Uh, man, I'm just glad to be here after missing last week. So, well, you, you were under the weather, for people that don't I had know. The flu, and I had it bad. And I thought, I think I know what it feels like to be dying. And, uh, it, I mean, it was awful. I, I lost about 10 pounds just sweating. But, um, fortunately, bounced back. My wife, I didn't even know this existed. Did you know this is this? You can have someone come to your house and they'll give you a transfusion. Not a transfusion, I'm sorry. An IV with all this... Did you uh, check and see if the needles were rusted and no, stuff? I mean, was, what are you talking about here? You get this IV and all these uh, uh, medicines and vitamins and everything just goes straight into your veins. And, like, we, I'm going to tell you, within an hour, I was feeling better. By the next day, I was feeling pretty, really good. I still wasn't 100%. But uh, this would have been on Thursday after going to the doctor on Tuesday. Uh, and I was already taking my medicines that the doctor prescribed. But I, did you even know that such a thing existed? No, because I don't want to trust anyone that shows up to my house. This was an actual. That's not like a doctor. This was a nurse, an uh, actual registered nurse. From a doctor's office? Uh, according to the wife, it's, it, of course, you know, my wife's kind of in that, in that, uh, kind of in that. Psychotherapy. Industry kinda. Well, you know, she works in hospice. Okay. So she knows the different things are out there anyway it was pretty amazing it worked is what you're saying that's it, all that matters it, it worked it did it worked olin like texted me was it monday night or uh, monday night I think and, and when olin is like i can't work or he was like willing to drag his carcass in here and i'm like no uh, and no and i probably would have gotten you sick so i'm glad i, I did well just you're you're old school yeah you work unless a limb falls off and even then it might be like i can bandage it for 30 minutes it's like no just Happy holidays, man. Go go die somewhere else. Just leave my mics alone. OB, yes, A&M, tomorrow night, mm -hmm. Texas Bowl. Yep. I think we know the OC, but we don't know like any of the position coaches. We don't know the defensive court. We don't. We don't know who's calling plays on the defensive side. Um, I don't remember a bowl game this mysterious. I expect that outside the starting three cornerbacks that every single other DB is going to be a squadsman. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be nuts tomorrow night. It's uh, it's kind of like going watching. Let's make a deal and going. In, I'll take behind what's door number two. You know, I, okay. What, what's it going to be, right? Um, you know, you look at it, and, and again, I've said this before. I don't know how if you if you are the type of person who will bet on a bowl game, you need you need help. There's 800 numbers for yes, you. Yes, because. Who knows? A&M's one of the best teams in the country against the run. If you have McKinley Jackson and Walter Nolan and Fidel Diggs and Edron Cooper, what are you going to be against the run and Ollie Gordon Ooh, without all those awful. guys? Maybe. Awful. Maybe. We know. We saw it last year. We saw it the year before, rather. We know. Maybe. Well, how maybe? We maybe. saw it. I mean, I'm, you know. They uh, don't have Edron Cooper. I mean. I, it's true. He had a great All-American year. Now, Tony Oklahoma State was, lose. Hold on. They, nobody, stats, to that, my knowledge. But 
they lost to South Alabama and some other chunky, and stinky teams. They lost to UCF, and they, yeah, they've they, their four losses. Well, Texas, you know, they got blown out, but Texas is good. But their four losses will make you scratch your head. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's just this bizarre. This bizarre. I know you don't uh, think that bowl games should really factor into your record, and in, at all. And in this case, I, I'm usually not inclined to believe, uh, agree with you. In this case, <laughs> I can say because you know your coach isn't even going to be there. What offense are you running? Uh, you know, you don't even have the offensive coordinator that's been calling the plays for the last three games. There's, I called it today, a goulash. You have no Anaya Smith, no Noah Thomas, and no Evan Stewart just to start things off on the wide receiving court. Yeah. You do have nice receivers, have but Johnson. you don't have. You don't have Jake Johnson at tight end? You have no tight ends. Well, you got Max Wright. You do. Yep. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. one who, what a story he's been. Yeah, he's But, he's, he's but okay. you have one, and their best formations for what they used to do was two. And they have one. Exactly one. So it's it's, it's just this bizarre Matchup against a, a Oklahoma State team, a bizarre team that's not that good, but they're but they're capable of doing some crazy things. If Ollie runs for two bills, they're going to win. Yeah, well, I would. Yeah, I would th- if he doesn't run for hundred yards, they probably lose. In fact, their four losses, three of them, he had less than hundred yards rushing. And with uh, Gundy, we've seen him. I have. I remember him coaching some bowl games really bizarrely. Where, like, if Ollie goes for 180 in the first half, he might not play him in the second half. He does bizarre things himself. So, this tomorrow night's going to be the most mysterious, I think bizarre. The, I think the best thing about tomorrow night's game is that it's the last one. This whole, the, everything. The Jimbo Fisher era is officially Fisher, dead. It's all over. You've got a coach yeah. that's co- you know a defensive coach that's uh, a defensive line coach calling you know is the interim coach that's working for another another team and there's uh. just, there's nothing about this game that makes sense, right? Correct. Yet A and M sold out their allotment the second it came up. Houston Ags, we know that's a, a, a huge and, and that's a base. not a bad thing. I mean, that's, not at all. Boy, hey. Support your team to, is never bad. That's something to brag about. Because yeah, they were bragging, uh, I guess, when Mississippi State came to Kyle Field and it was almost a sellout. And they said, look, you know, this team that's you know been down and all, and look how many people showed up. Well, I think this is even more impressive. Because you talk about just supporting the guys who are on the team, supporting the team. Uh, to go to, even if you're from Houston, to drive across town is not an easy thing in Houston. So to drive so across true. town to support a team that you don't even know. Eight o'clock on a Wednesday, on a night. Wednesday night. Eight o'clock on a Wednesday. You're gonna get out of there eleven fifteen to eleven thirty. If you're coming back to College Station, are we talking? Well, it depends on how fast you drive. For me, I'd be home by twelve thirty. For others, about one thirty. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll be lucky if I'm home at three. Oh, you got it right. You, I know. You allegedly work. So, uh, but and yet the Aggies are show, show up in mass. I think that's great. I think that's right there a reason how come uh, A&M, that's something A&M should trumpet. By the way, that kind of going back to your question earlier uh, when I was driving here about how all the Aggies act. For well, those that just tuned got, in, 
for those who just tuned in, I've, I've asked about four major questions today. One of them, which Olin heard, I guess, mm-hmm. was when the AM dynasty kicks in, will Aggie fans be as insufferable as Alabama fans? Uh, well, anyway, I would think that the fact that they have, you know, everybody coming in mass to the Houston Bowl under these circumstances, I would say probably, yeah. And it goes some. Now, you know what? You know why they're not? And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Ooh. I don't care how successful uh, A&M fans I just, or A&M gets and how crazy their fans are going to get. I, as several, in several Alabama, I don't see A&M fans going to destroy uh, the uh, 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 a rival's property mascot over a loss. I don't see A&M fans putting their nads on a opponent who's passed out. I, I don't see A&M fans. A&M has had a rival in 12, 14 years now. Yeah, but I, I, it's time for those things to come I back. Don't, I don't. Yeah, but have they ever? I don't see A&M fans killing somebody in their own. Oh, you never saw that. Uh, a woman actually killed her sister-in-law at an event because the Alabama lost and the sister-in-law wasn't showing enough remorse to her liking. Oh, you can go up look. You can go look scads of of stories about crazy Alabama fans. They over there was a woman, a woman who got kicked out of the Sugar Bowl, uh, lost to. Uh, Utah, Oklahoma. Oh, she she attacked OU students because Alabama was getting. I mean, it, it goes on and on and on and on. You, you can't even deny it if you're an Alabama fan. So I don't see Aggies getting to that point. I'd have to agree. Aggie fans don't like to fight. They're not into physical confrontations. I know some that would be, but but <laughs> you know, but but definitely not in as much. Um, um, regularity, but you know, I mean, when you're talking about out of control football fans, I don't know that you you can add to the list Alabama. They are, I mean, again, just the bizarre stories that from Harvey Updike back to to Brian Downing, that's the guy with the LSU guy who was out unconscious, <laughs> and over and over and over. I mean, <coughs> it's just. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see the Aggies ever getting to that point. So Alabama is its own elite territory that no one probably can enter. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. It's when, good when it comes when it comes to just uh, general a holiness of your fan base, I think Alabama sets a precedent that cannot be cannot be reached. And, and, and again, how do they? How would you argue? I saw a guy last year at the SEC basketball tournament. Wearing a shirt about the whole basketball guy that shot, and it said, yep. "You know, Alabama. You know, we shoot straight. We shoot, you know, stuff like that. You know, who? Uh, By uh, the way, it's funny you bring that up. All I needed to know about Alabama was how they dealt with that. Dealt with him. They tried to hide it. They tried to disguise it. They didn't want to deal with it. He was still allowed to do his fake gun thing during his intro, right. which could not have been more tone deaf and insensitive. Like it's in their DNA and it's not just their players. It is. And it's not just football. It's like institutionalized. I mean, of course their fans are that way. It's being fed to them mm-hmm. directly from the source. I mean, I'm sorry, everything about the basketball program and everything that happened. I'm not saying like, you know, they said they wanted it to run its legal recourse, which is the biggest 
chicken bleep thing, but okay. But how they dealt with it, like the fact they didn't tell them to stop doing that in the pregame warmups and more. It, all I need to know. Yeah. Fast forward my step. So, all I need to know. So when when you see one athletic department have so many issues, everybody has some issues. But when you have one athletic department, that kind of those issues just just repeat themselves, and you see things on social media so often with one particular fan base, you start figuring out they're just they're just a different kind of wrong. So no, I do not ever see A and M getting as insufferable as Alabama. No matter what, the, they're going to be insufferable, and I think that's going to be if when that when the time comes. When the and I think that's unfortunate. I think that's unfortunate because one of the things, one of the reasons how come I personally embraced A and M didn't go to school here <laughs> was because um, it always seems like the good guys. You know, you don't. Yeah, my son goes to LSU. They have some of the most vulgar chants that I don't think, and I'm no prude, but I don't think you should be saying in a in a stadium full of children and women. And yet, you see the children and the women doing the vulgar chants. So. Uh, uh, I'm not a prude, but uh, I just think that one of the reasons I come always liked A&M is because they did behave a little bit better. And if they become a national power, uh, it will be interesting to see the transformation. And I hope – I know there will be some that will just go way over the top and they'll misrepresent the majority, but I hope those are few and far between. I believe it will be bad at first. And then where it ends up after that's going to be the reality. Because there's a lot of pent-up frustration that's going to come out. Um, I would hope they'll be kind of like Clemson. Clemson became kind of a pain in the back, uh, back end. Uh, you know, they won one, and that was, hey, I think everybody in the country was happy for them. And then it became like, okay, we're so much better than everybody. Shouldn't even show up on the field. And now you're like, okay, Clemson, you know, yeah, you won the lottery. Don't act like you've, you know, that, that you're a, a great um, investor. You won the lottery, <laughs> okay, and, and now you're acting like you're a business tycoon. <laughs> and I hope that I think you've got to win constantly over a course of time before you can say you're the. What the I think is going to happen when Anum breaks through. 51% or higher of the Aggies are going to say, see, I told you so, and believe they were right the whole time. And that falls into what you said about the investor versus. I'm sorry. I think most 51% or higher are going to say, see, I was right, and never understand the things they were so wrong about. Well, I think um, A&M as a university, well, a football program, has been, I've said it before, it's been its own worst enemy. And uh, I would hope that most Aggies, I think most Aggies recognize, and I can go back as, as recently as, as the whole Jimbo Fisher thing. <clears throat> Not, I applauded what they did to bring Jimbo in. Yeah, same. Okay, but everything makes sense. But but when but then when he's approached for maybe another job, and you overcorrect, and you give, you know. Hey, we're gonna make you a nine million dollar coach, and we're gonna make it uh, add to the ten years. And you're saying, look, if if this contract you have now, the one you had to make to get him here, and everything you've done, if that's not enough to keep you, then then move on. Uh, but then when you start, and it was a 
it was a it was a gamble the the original contract. But then when you add on to the gamblers, never keep winning. Correct, right? So they looked like they were winning because the first three years were were going well. And then you add to that. Now we're going to pay you nine million, and we're going to put three more years on that guarantee. That's what never made sense. And they've proved that they've learned from that by the Mike Elko contract. I will say I one million percent understand your perspective, but I keep, I don't worry about that. I keep coming back to my kind of point of view on that. If you can pay to get yourself out of your own mistakes, I don't care how much they pay them. No, that's true. That and and I'm going to be very kind of clear on this. If the reason why Jimbo came back this year. Because he should have been fired then last year. He should he never should have been back after five and seven. Okay. And if the reason why he was back is that contract, then a mistake was made. But they bought him out at the end of the year. They got themselves out of their own contract. It's their money. See, that's the whole thing about money. If you got it, use it. Yeah, but they overpaid to keep him. They gave him a stupid contract, right? Extension, but it's their money. So they had the money to get themselves out. But if it cost this year. Then everything you said is right. Every it was awful. I don't know the truth. I just think that uh, first of all, if you had it, if you're asking for, and they say they're not, but if you're asking for donors to help you get out of that, that's money that could go to nil. Um, there's not an unlimited resource. At some point, some guys saying, I- "I've given this. I'm giving this." Wait, correct. Uh, um, so you got to have more respect for the f- fans and donors. Um, but. What you've done with Elko in the contract is say, look, we're going to pay you $11 million if you win a national championship for us, not because you won a national championship for somebody else. I have no trouble with this contract. I have no trouble with the other one. And I'm not going to give you a 10-year guaranteed contract. So if everybody in the stadium who's 12 years old and up – and maybe even younger than that, can look at your offense and say, it doesn't work. You haven't put yourself in a position where you can't say, you have to make change. Because he's, no, I don't. How does no one... All right, we have to take a break. We'll come back. Look, Owen and I (laughs) hang out. Maybe there's things we want to talk about, but we talk about the things that need to be talked about. This is the Louis Bolina Show, live inside the Charles Schwab studio. This is the Louis Bolina Show, presented by... B&B Automotive, and Superior Auto Service. The Louis Bolina Show, live inside the Charles Schwab studio. Olin Buchanan joins me Tuesdays, 1 to 1.30. We, we talked about the Texas, but I think we covered it really well for one of the worst exhibitions in a long time. Well, Did I leave anything out? Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say some of the positive things as far as A&M. I do like the way Jalen Henderson has played quarterback and in the offense he no longer has and whatever they're going to run and uh i i never could understand i like you know uh jade walker was was showing that he can play at a pretty high level and i never understood the underuse of moose muhammad he runs really bad routes which doesn't uh-huh. work in practice or game or, or, or so they say no, he does. All I, know is, film. all I know is I've sitting there watching him go out and make plays. I've said this for two years. Look, okay, he does run bad routes. I don't think that's a ledge. I don't actually think that's a controversy. His routes kill some plays sometimes. He is in the wrong place. But when you have a player who just makes plays, and that's the thing with the most talented of them all, 
Sometimes they might drop a ball and sometimes they run a wrong route. But if he's on the field and you target him, he's going to make up for his own. You have 22 players on the field, 11 on each side. How many of them make up for themselves? How many of them are plus or minus value? A moose is going to take care of his business. He's going to finish in the positive, guaranteed, I feel like. I like them getting him the ball. So I don't worry so much about when he makes a mistake. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch the offensive line without Layden Robinson, who I thought had a very inconsistent career. Not just a year, but inconsistent career. So uh, we're probably going to see... Naboo and um, Dewberry at guard. Maybe that's what we're going to see next year. Or would we see uh, uh, the kid that decided to come back? Basantis, uh, right? Tackle. moving inside. Is there enough time to move him? No, probably not in yeah. this game. Yeah, no, I long-term speculate in my own head. Like, Bryce Foster's coming back, so is Father Ray. They both seem to have moved backwards each year of their careers. Father Ray was injured this year, to be fair and clear. What do you do when maybe your best offensive line is, you know, Dewberry's the left guard and the center is Naboo and the right guard is uh, Basantis? Or does Basantis need a year of rehab where physically, emotionally, and putting you know, transition no, to guard? You just go out there and you play them and practice and you find out who's the best guys and that's who you go with, no matter where they are. With Basantis. Mm. And um, I would. Uh, if Basantes, if if they're going to look at him at guard, if he turns out to be you know the best ones, you, you go there. Uh, but then you might be thin at tackle, right? All those things you have to look into. Um, I'll say this: I'm going to be very open minded about the offensive line next year because I wonder how much is a talent issue. I wonder how much it's a offensive line coaching issue, a scheme, an offensive scheme issue. I mean, there's all kinds of factors. I don't know that because you have a new offensive line coach or because you have a new scheme, it all of a sudden makes those guys better. But I don't know if those guys look worse than they are because, you know, you, know, you see all, all those things. So I'm going to be very open-minded. Uh, I don't think this game is going to answer Tell us any questions. anything at right. all. Right. Nothing. The best thing about this game is you can get it over and move on to the Mike Elko era. 100%. Yeah. This is the last part of the uh, Jimbo Fisher is this game. This is like the last part of the flu. You know, you still have a little bit of a cough. Uh, uh. You know, that that little cough, maybe a little drainage is still there. But you're over it, but there's still a little bit that you've just got to finally get over to, to put the thing completely behind you. Without an in general, because you could probably spend hours on this, how do you feel like Elko's done? What is he, 18... 20 days on the job. I mean, it's not even like a month yet. I don't I don't know how you could look at what he's done and not feel good about it. He's come in here. He's been aggressive. He got aggressive in the transfer portal. Did he get everybody you wanted? No. But he's been aggressive in the transfer. They have convinced some guys to stay. Uh, you knew some guys were going to leave, but you convinced some to stay. He, I really like the Colin Klein hire. Uh the defensive coordinator, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm. All right, let's see what happens. I know he's considered a good recruiter, and if Elko believes him as a defensive coordinator, then I'm going to too. But let's see. Uh, he he came right in immediately and changed the off. He says I'm going to get the offensive line coach and the receivers coach out of here. Boom, like that. What I find interesting is the receivers coach was here when he was here. So what does that tell you that? He came in and made that change within days. So 
Uh, I just think that he's been very proactive. Now, none of that matters until they start winning games, which we won't see that until August 31st, right? Right. But as far as taking over a program and trying to start change, he has not been – this has not been a gradual process. He has – he didn't just hit the ground running. He hit the ground in a full sprint. He had an obvious vision. Yes, he has a plan, and he's fought, he's building his plan. And it's weird because the time to make it with everything happening, it uh, he obviously knows what he wants to do. He obviously has a plan. It doesn't matter where he is. He has a vision of what and, success is. So when he got here at A&M, he just overlaid the blueprint of success in his opinion. And look at the uh, recruiting class, uh, the signing day in, in December. Is it stellar? No. Is it about as good as you could have hoped for? I would say yes. With the transition turnover and everything that happened, absolutely. And I'll tell you why I think so. It's six fours, eight threes. The blue chip ratio is off. We don't know what the new blue chip ratio is going to be for a 12-team playoff. It's off for the old four. Four is dead. Okay. But the two fives that AM still has a chance for all said February, time. That gives AM, that gives Elko and his coaching staff time. And what else could you have asked for? Because what did they not have? Seriously. Don't have a lot of time. Because if you want to talk <laughs> about championships, five stars are championships, and that's inarguable. He, he went, I think we might have talked about this maybe two weeks ago. I can't remember. But he went in almost immediately to start repairing relationships with the coaches. Mm-hmm. And people say, why is that important? And I say, well, R.C. Slocum gave me a perfect example, a story about it. He said, hey, I had a coach 20 years ago. High school coach says, hey, R.C., you need to go check out this guy. He said, well, we've seen him, and we don't think he's a quarter, a college quarterback. He said, yeah, but you need to check out him something else because this guy's a player. So they go up. They R.C. goes personally, talks to the guy. They watch his film. and says, you know what? They're going to offer this guy a scholarship. You know who it was? It was Terrace Murphy. Why did they get him? Because a high school coach calls him up and says, Coach, you really need to – it wasn't even his coach. And the high school coach called him up because of the relationship they had. Right. And we're talking about R.C. and the coach. Right. That's what I'm saying. Then that's how you build relationships. You, look, there's great players that everybody knows there's great players. But when you have great relationships, you might be put on the trail of a guy that you don't that, – that maybe not everybody knows about. And I would assume it also works where a coach might give you an inside tip on a kid not to touch. That too. You get the real I remember RC, information. I remember RC told me that there was this linebacker out of Dallas. I know his name, but I won't say it. And this is back in like the 80s. And he was on every – he would have been a five-star guy or high four at the very least. He was on everybody's blue chip list. And they went up and said, yeah, talk to people. said, yeah, we don't think he's a player. And then the guy went to Notre Dame. And then Bob Davey. Manti Teo. No, but the Bob Davey, remember he went up there as a, yeah. and Davey called RC and said, you know what, we were right about this guy. He can't play a lick. <laughs> so, you know, Sorry, when people warn you, you know, that, yeah, it goes both ways. So, uh, you can't undervalue the relationship with the high school coach, especially in this state when there's so many great football players. Olin, thank you always. Oh, you bet. What's the rest of the holidays like for you and the family? Christmas well, behind, New Year's Ed. Uh, well, we're heading down to uh, South Padre for uh, for uh, New Year's because my son, you know, my wife's family's all down there, Port Isabel, Brownsville. Uh, they're all down there, and my son turns twenty on January sixth. So this is as close we can do. And with the 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 bowl game kind of messed up things for uh, for Christmas Wednesday so, night at eight. 
so the best case, the, the best logistical thing for everybody is we can go there on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, celebrate that down there, and oh, by the way, have a birthday party with the entire family for so so we're headed south that's pretty awesome yeah we think so have fun travel safe merry christmas happy new year happy new year lou be good brother olin buchanan texags texags radio question mark texags.com joins us tuesdays inside the charles schwab studio it is the louis bellina show yeah yeah presented by bnb automotive and superior auto service two Remarkable businesses. One great family. That's B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Some programming alerts, programming announcements, things you might want to know. Oh, no. Things you do want to know. I, Louis Bellina, will be back here inside the Charles Schwab studio. The Louis Bellina Show will be back on Friday, Friday, Friday. On Friday, 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 we'll go in the pit with Bryce Jones, noon till one, thanks to Dixie Tire Company. On Wednesday, ESPN Radio. On Thursday, ESPN Radio. Tomorrow, Wednesday, heading to Houston. It's a holiday trip with some of my best friends in the world. We did Austin on Saturday. We do Houston on Wednesday. And on Thursday... Good friend of mine is having a birthday get together. And I'll be honest with you, my life, I am, and it's from my dad, you work. And normally I work because they're doing like birthday uh, lunch at a last into the afternoon. Normally I'd be like, you know, I'll get off work at two. I can wrap up at three and I'll join them for the last hour. But holiday season, I've got the time. No, I, I, I want to celebrate the birthday. So, Wednesday, Houston, St. Arnold's, among other things. And then Thursday, birthday celebration uh, with, with my friends. I'll be back Friday, and then it'll be New Year's weekend. So, that's programming alert number one. No, 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 no. Louis Bellina show on Wednesday and Thursday. I'll be back Friday. Program alert number two. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, starting at 7. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, starting at 7. Texas Bowl, A&M, Oklahoma State, right here on The Zone, 11.50 a.m., 93.7 FM, online, RadioAggieland.com, and you can tell Alexa, play Zone 11.50. Texas Bowl, A&M, Oklahoma State, tomorrow night, starting at 7, kickoff at 8, listen here on The Zone. Programming alert number 3. Holy cow. New Year's Day. We have a triple header of bowl games. All starts at noon. What you cannot forget, the college football semifinals, 4 o'clock, and then, of course, game two immediately following. Right here, zone 1150 AM, 93.7 FM. You will be able to listen to the college football national championship game. Right here on The Zone, 1150 AM, 93.7 FM. So, the college football semifinal games, New Year's Day, the national championship a week later, all here on The Zone. Thanks to ESPN Radio, but it's just going to be pretty awesome. So, plan accordingly. 
Just know the zone has you hooked up. We're your home for champions. We got the Super Bowl, the World Series, college football semifinal, national championships. Quite psyched. Tonight, I guess this would be programming alert number four. We've got like the guaranteed rate bowl. We've been running the bowls all bowl season long from ESPN radio, but, but this is where it all begins. We've got the guaranteed rate bowl tonight. We have the Texas bowl and a Oklahoma state tomorrow. We have a bowl double header on Thursday. We have like a triple header on Friday. We have a triple header on Saturday. No bowls. NFL Sunday. And then a triple hundred header on Monday. So basically, hey man, college football, I love you. You can turn on the zone over the next five, six, seven days and I'm kind of excited about all this. So there are your programming news notes alerts. Yes? Yes. 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. You can light up the Texas Mobile One Loop Express inbox. I've got time to take a text message or eight. At 150, 151, mascot of the week. That's with April Plemons, long way home adoptables. There's been a lot of things we've talked about today. Why the actual anger, and I mean true anger towards Walter Nolan? Is that what rivalry is? Because that's what it felt like. It's because of Ole Miss. You look at one player like Walter Nolan and the way he. He gave A&M everything. He left it on the field. He didn't miss games. He was injured, came back. Another A&M player appears to have quiet quitted, just stayed around until his NIL checks cleared. Was he injured? Was he not? Playing reindeer games on X Twitter. I mean, didn't I don't think he got 25% of the same vitriol as a Walter Nolan. I think it's because it's Kiffin, and I think it's because it's Ole Miss. And I think it's because Kiffin is in the head's mind space of Aggie fans. That's rivalry. That's why I think it worked that way. I know, I know, I know. Aggie fans will never admit that Kiffin got in their head or Ole Miss is a rival. So we'll hear every other excuse. I've never seen anything like the reaction to Walter Nolan's uh, leaving the portal to go to Ole Miss. I have not seen that before. And the portal is just beginning and it's still evolving. The rest of the world college football notebook, let's go. Before the early signing day period closed, Colorado did get their sixth commitment, and it's five-star offensive lineman Jordan Seaton. That was a pretty big deal for them. You know, to get your sixth high school kid, portal program, that was still a big get for them. Seaton, a lot of schools are pushing really hard. He had a weird list. Like, if he didn't go to Colorado, he's going to go to Maryland. And by the way, five-star offensive lineman and allegedly top lineman in the class. Eh, we can argue about that later. UTSA transfer edge rusher, who was like the all-AAC defensive player of the year, Texas. They beat out Alabama for him. Great get. Texas transfer quarterback Malik Murphy, Duke. Duke was kind of projected, predicted from the finish. Florida Atlantic transfer quarterback Casey Thompson. Stop. This is a poster child for quarterback. For, no, no. For college football today. 
He is going to be playing his seventh season of college football, and it'll be for his third team. I remember the name. He played at Texas. Well, he went to Nebraska. Oh, no, this will be his fourth team. I'm such a moron. Florida Atlantic is his third. So this will be a seventh season, fourth, fourth, fourth different team. Poster child, college football today. Seventh season, fourth different team. Texas, Nebraska, Florida Atlantic, who will be next? Florida transfer running back Travis Etienne went into the portal. The entire time it was always going to be Georgia. Why? Because he's a running back and he's an All-American and where else would an All-American running back in the portal go to? Oh, New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, Georgia. College football notebook. You remember New Mexico State coach Jerry Kill? He's the one in the post game that went after the New Mexico AD and, you know, I'll, I'll run off to go make margaritas. Step down as the Mexico State coach. Now, there was no, like, official reason given at all. People are going with health. It's why he stepped down at, like, Minnesota. He has stepped down suddenly out of nowhere. New Mexico State promoted Tony Sanchez to be the successor. Former UNLV coach, Tony Sanchez. Kill, incredible season this year. 17 and 11, lasted two seasons. Again, no official why. I've already heard rumors he's joining Vanderbilt's like analyst consultant staff. It's trippy and weird, and everything about him seems to be trippy and weird and kind of funny too. College football notebook. Tell me you've seen the video of this, but over the weekend... Oh, over the weekend, Sunday, Christmas Eve. Eastern Michigan, South Alabama plays. South Alabama pounds them 59-10. South Alabama's on the field. They're lined up. They're doing the face the band. I I guess it was a school hymn, whatever, school war song. But that's what was going on. Eastern Michigan defensive back Corey Hernandez rushes to the South Alabama side of the field while the team was facing the other way singing their school alma mater song, and he just sucker punches an opposing player. This is a sucker punch as low scumbaggery at its finest. It turns into a brawl for all from there. I mean, this was disgusting. No doubt in the world. Brawl for all. He's issued some BS apologies. If this kid plays college football again at any level, it'll be a disgrace. But Google it if you haven't seen it. You got to watch it to appreciate it. It was scumbaggery 101, though. That's not the meaning of Christmas or the meaning of the bowl season. Oh, oh, oh. Florida State quarterback Tate Rodmaker went into the portal. Rodmaker got the start against Florida, but then he got injured, so he couldn't start in the ACC championship game against Louisville. He was going to be cleared to play in the Orange Bowl. Was he going to start? Doesn't matter. He was always going to transfer. Florida State's going to lose by 28 in their bowl game. 
Can we use that as evidence they never should have been in the playoff? Or are we going to have to hide behind the excuse that, you know, again, you know, they were missing so many players? I don't know. Florida State not making the college football playoff. Name the most overrated thing in college football for 2023 for 1,000, Alex. Oh, I just did. Before, nah, college football notebook, are we done? You already mentioned bowl tonight, the guaranteed rate bowl. Great name, Kansas UNLV. Tonight, ESPN Radio on the Zone. A&M, Oklahoma State, 8 o'clock tomorrow, 7 o'clock pregame here on the Zone. Then Friday, oh, it's not even Friday, it's Thursday. We got the triple header, Rutgers-Miami, NC State, Kansas State, Arizona-Oklahoma at night. The Arizona quarterback went into the portal. Friday's another triple header. Oregon State and the Hunchback, Memphis, Iowa State. And then at night, Missouri, Ohio State. Okay, one more I got to share with you because they're, they're just funny. Look, not all of it's life or death. Ohio State lands, you know, Dallas or Fort Worth, but they're, they're in the Cotton Bowl, right? And the Ohio State football account says they've landed in the desert of North Texas. And then the rest, hashtag Cotton Bowl. How many people have been here? How many people here have been to the Cotton Bowl? How many people here have been to North Texas? In what universe have you traveled to the Cotton Bowl or North Texas and you landed in the... I mean, it was ripped and memed to shreds the Ohio State football account that they've landed in the desert of North Texas for their bowl game. I thought it was awesome. We'll be right back. Mascot of the week, Long Way Home Adoptables. The Louis Bellina Show on a Tuesday. Truth, 151, right about. Excellent. Let us head out to the Smoothie King Hotline. We hang out. April Plemons, Long Way Home Adoptables. April, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. How's your world? It's fantastic. How's yours? Mine has been most outstanding. One of the greatest holiday seasons ever. And I do mean ever, and it's still in progress. <laughs> yeah. It's Share- pretty good. Oh, it's been awesome, has it not? Except for, okay, look, look. Christmas Day. Where did the bitter wind come from? You know, normally I'm in shorts and it's humid. Where did the bitter wind come from? It was giving us a blessing this year, right? Giving us that, that Christmas spirit. Hard pass. I want to go back to the shorts and uh, and the humidity. That, that that was howling. When I mean, I lived through it. Obviously, I'm here, but it was not fun. Sure. April, who, meow wolf, who is our mascot of the week? Yeah, this week we have a dog named Lego. So Lego is a black and white Shih Tzu dog, and he came to a local shelter totally matted. He's got that long, glorious hair, but... He was just matted down to the skin, and the shelter shaved him down for us and actually called us in to help with a different dog who was sharing a kennel with him, and his name is Tetris. And when we came in to see Tetris, of course, we wanted to help Tetris, and we thought we'd better go ahead and just take both of these fellas so we can open up an entire kennel for our local shelter. Um, But Lego is very sweet, happy, super playful, gives lots of kisses, and so he's a healthy four-year-old dog that needs an active, wonderful family. Four years old, not a puppy, not a senior, no. right in that oh. middle age. 
Yeah, it's it's wonderful. So he's still got plenty of time left to hang out with you, but he's in that nice middle range where you don't have to do the potty training. Chew training, you get right in that sweet spot. Where can people go meet Lego? Love the name. Grew up loving Legos. Anytime I hear Lego, I smile. Yeah, so you're going to go to our website, which is longwayhome.org. You'll see pictures of Lego before and after the shave down, so you'll get to see his bright, shining eyes and his cute little face that that was hiding in there underneath all that fur. Longwayhome.org. And it says animals and then available, right? There's animals. That's right. Animals and then available, and they can meet Lego. They can meet (laughs) other dogs, but also there's cats, there's puppies, there's kittens, there's seniors, there's white, black, brown. It doesn't... Whatever you're looking for, I'm pretty sure you've got on stock. How many animals do you currently have for adoption? We have been doing so many adoptions right now, and we are so, so happy. I think we're only down to like 30 animals left for adoption, but you blink and we'll be filled back up to 50 by next week, I'm sure. In the month of December, don't you have a couple of specials right now? I mean, people adopt, you can still get, what, uh, Santa Wonderland tickets, there's prices. For, I mean, you usually are running a ton of stuff. Yeah, so you still get a pair of Santa's Wonderland tickets. So even though um, Santa has come and gone, Santa's Wonderland is still open until the end of the year. You get that. And, of course, you're going to help us save lives, which is the most important thing. And you get to add a cute little baby to your loving forever home. And then, finally, you also get a coupon for your first free vet services with BCS Pet Nurse. So they'll come to your house. They'll trim your pet's nails and all that stuff for free on us. So... If you adopt now, you still get a pair of tickets to Santa's Wonderland. By the way, Saturday, December 30th, the last day you can go. So you got all week long to go mm-hmm. enjoy. And trust me, you might be like Christmas is behind us. Santa's Wonderland is forever. <laughs> Do not forget that. Yeah. I could go in July if they let me, but that would be breaking Dang. and entering at that point. But also, <laughs> if you go uh, adopt here, December, we still got a week left. Uh, first vet visit from who again? BCS Pet Nurse. There you go. It's free. And you kind of can't beat that price. It is for free. Where can they go get all that information again? You're going to go to longwayhome.org. I love your website. Resources. Yes, resources tab, adopt tab. All that information is for you right there. Longwayhome.org. They got animals. Then you can go to available. They have resources. How you can get more help from them and all the people they partner with. And there is an events tab. Which new year, new events, new places to hang out, eat, drink, and have the animals meet up. And Long Way Home is very social. There's an events tab too. April, look, Merry Christmas to you and all the volunteers and all Thank the you. you know and all the fosters and everyone that works so hard year round there at Long Way Home. I year think round. people don't get the whole story. And Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all of them, to you, your family. I, I know how much uh, work it entails. Thank you for everything. Hey, thank you for helping us make it possible, and, and especially to your listeners who I run into all the time, who go, hey, I think I hear you on that what's that lunch show with that one guy. I, I love hearing y'all talk. And so thank you to everybody who listens in and supports our mission as well. You're running into one person <laughs> 10 times, trust me. It's not 10 <laughs> listeners. I don't get there. No, no. Hey, no Happy New Year. Be careful. Have fun. Thank you always. Right on. See you next week. Later. April Plemons. Long Way Home Adoptables mascot of the week. I'm back Friday, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.